George, way off. It's the side of the backboard. Take that for data. Adams gives it back to Rush. Deep shot. Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Daddy's Fantasy Basketball League Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Daig, and with me today is my co-host, Gabe Sabarzo. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Glad to be back with you all, and congrats if we have any Baylor Bears or Baylor fans to you guys for an extremely dominant national championship season that was pretty much overshadowed by Gonzaga for the entirety of it, minus Monday night. So congrats on the national championship and uh, for beating a undefeated Gonzaga team. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, honestly, great tournament. This is going to be uh, the Gabe and Cam show today. Zach is out. Uh, doing something with his wife. I think they're looking at houses or something like that. But he's clearly not as committed as us um, because we're, I mean, we're better at this anyway. So we're giving the people what they want, Gabe. He's also recovering from, uh, so we had a $20 buy-in March Madness bracket and his mom actually took home like the $400 pot. So that's a big uh, blow to the ego there. I understand. Um, but Hey, so actually, our downs. actually, to be fair, like those that know <laughs> Diane, his mom, is she is she pretty bro? Like, sports she's savvy? super sports knowledgeable. Like, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wow. honestly, uh, Zach got his complaining from his dad, from Dan, uh-huh. and like all of his actual sports knowledge definitely came from his mom, like Diane. Wow. She is a uh, yeah, dude. She's a beast. She's a baller. I uh, wow. you can talk sports with her all the time. She's great. So so it That's wouldn't surprise cool. me. Yeah, it wouldn't and surprise me if she also, actually knew a whole bunch of uh of the college teams. It's uh that's crazy because it's also funny because my mom took home our family bracket and she is probably the complete opposite. Like she <laughs> sat up, she sat down and she was like, "Oh, like Daniel wanted us to fill out these brackets like <laughs> I, I'll just do it for the fun of it, and I'll have the Texas teams win most of their games, which ended up being a good strategy. And then Seriously. Baylor, because my best friend went to Baylor, is going to win the national championship, and they seem like they're actually in position to do so. And sure enough, uh, she took it home. So That's so funny, man. That's what I yeah. tell people is, like, honestly, it feels like most of the time the people that watch the least amount of college basketball are always the ones who win it. Like, yeah. uh, I was at work, and – there was like some work bracket that people were participating in. So everybody was trying to talk basketball and they were like, Oh, I knew Gonzaga was going to be in the championship. I knew Baylor was going to win it all. And it was like, okay, so you picked like the two best teams <laughs> in the league <laughs> yeah, to be in yeah. it. Good job. Like, I'm proud of you. I'm pretty sure they were the, uh, like, per, like unanimous preseason one and two all the way through maybe after baylor lost like to kansas they dropped a little bit or to oklahoma state they dropped a little bit for a week or so but yeah they were they were dominant coming in and uh, they showed why on the main stage on uh, monday night so 
Well, even with all the uh, March Madness excitement, we did have some NBA still going on, um, and we missed last week's podcast. So really, we haven't we haven't even had a podcast since the trade deadline. I think our last one was right before that was that was coming up, um, and so a lot has happened in the NBA. I don't know how much of like a dynamic uh, change there was at the top or any odds or anything like that, but. Gabe, if there was a, like, what was your biggest surprise slash moves the needle move uh, as far as, like, the trade deadline slash buyout? So we can kind of hit on that a little bit. Sure. Um, I think the one that stands out to me the most is Aaron Gordon to the Denver Nuggets because the Mm. Nuggets were already a pretty complete team but they had Paul Millsap starting at the four. And I do think that um, Aaron Gordon has been like notoriously inefficient from two in his career. But a lot of that is because he's having to create shots for himself from like the wing position. And he has the ball and he had the ball in his hands a lot in Orlando. But now that he's on a team with Jokic and Jamal Murray, now he's getting a lot more open looks than he ever has. And he is a more dynamic player. I, I think he makes this Nuggets team even more complete than they already were. And this is a team that made a deep playoff run last year. Um, even though they lost a couple of pieces, like the core is very similar. And so I actually really like the Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets uh, signing as far as like actual impact for the playoffs is concerned. I mean, there's so many... Um, so many moves that were made. I think this was a record-setting year. And you could talk about Oladipo to the Heat. You could talk about the buyouts of uh, Aldridge and Griffin to the Nets. Or, or there, There's just so many different ones. Andre Drummond to the Lakers. Like, There's, there's a lot of them. But I think that that move um, was somewhat underrated. And I think that it actually does make the Nuggets a lot uh, better than maybe we're giving them credit for yeah i agree i think it's a great move for the nuggets they didn't have to give up very much which was super Mm -hmm. surprising uh kept all their what they give up gary harris gary harris and uh let me look at orlando's roster and see who used to be yeah they gave up something uh, not that great gary harris and some uh, maybe some draft capital rj hampton was i yeah rj RJ hampton Hampton. yeah that's right Um, but you know, kept Michael Porter Jr., which there was mm-hmm. apparently talks of possibly him being included in the trade or bull yeah, bull. That been a big hit if, yeah. he, if they had to give him up. So it was a very active deadline. I I don't know how much uh was done as far as like to swing title odds in anybody's favor. Um, I think if there was going to be a mover, it was probably whoever got Kyle Lowry, but obviously he didn't get traded. Uh, which I was really surprised the Sixers or the Lakers didn't trade for him. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I mean, I think that he, he'll probably leave in the offseason. And also, just a fact check it was Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and Denver's protected 2025 first. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy, man. But I mean, they obviously swinging for upside on RJ Hampton um, yeah. with that one. But uh, do you think that there was, uh, as far as any of these moves, 
from like a fantasy perspective, Gabe, like, uh, like I'll go first. I, I know Norman Powell, uh, was traded to the Portland Trailblazers. Um, and Gary Harris went back to, um, the Raptors and we saw Gary Harris, uh, not Gary Harris. I'm so sorry. Gary Trent Jr. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. We saw Gary Trent Jr. Uh, game winner last night. Uh, he's mm-hmm. been putting up some big numbers, which is cool. Uh, Norman Powell's been fine, um, but definitely a little bit of a drop uh, as far as like points production um, and honestly, just like usage. Uh, I think he's getting better looks uh, because he's playing with Dame and CJ uh, and not having to do quite as much. Uh, but he has taken like a little bit step down there from like a points perspective. And obviously, like Gary Trent Jr. Uh, has taken a massive leap up as Portland kind of sees what they got in him before they have to pay him this offseason. Right. Uh, was there anything that you saw that you think could swing uh, any fantasy relevancy? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that the trade deadline really opened up a lot of value on the Magic. Um, now that they've gone full rebuild, um, you have like RJ Hampton starting at the shooting guard. They're probably going to see what they have in Cole Anthony. Uh, once he comes back, mm-hmm. uh, Chuma Okiki has been um, like a pretty solid staple fantasy wise since the trade deadline. Um, they've been playing different centers. Uh, I think they Wendell Carter is probably the best of the three, but Mo Bamba was getting more minutes. Ken Birch was starting for a little bit. Um, so I think that the Magic have opened up some value, and now that we're kind of starting to solidify um, what their lineup is going to look like. Um, You'll see some potential contributors, I think, for fantasy. But this is really the time where, um, like, so you, you might start seeing some of the older players on these worst teams uh, get some extended periods of rest. Or <laughs> you might see some uh, some developmental, um, I think, like, I think of a situation like Mason Plumley and Isaiah Stewart. Like, Mason Plumley has definitely been better for the Pistons this year. But Isaiah Stewart, um, like you want to see what you have in him. And Mason Plumley, I don't think, is in the future plans for the Pistons or the long-term plans for the Pistons. So you might see some extended bouts of rest there. Or uh, you just have to be be looking at the um, like the really the top teams in the league and the bottom teams in the league because they're going to start um, resting some of their players for different reasons or trying to develop some of the young players in certain situations. And so that could open up even more value, but yeah, uh, short answer, the magic, uh, just because they have transformed their entire team. <laughs> uh, anything else you wanted to hit on before we move on here? No, uh, that's about it. Uh, Kelly Olenek has be- become the best player for the Rockets since the trade deadline. So Great we're, in the, we're, in, we're in the Kelly Olenek era now, boys. Well, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about the Rockets. I know it's not too exciting, um, but yeah, Kelly Olenek, um, that's the dude, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just patience with the Rockets. It's going to be a lot of uh, like how rooted is John Wall's injury um, concern for the future. Can Christian Wood be a number one option on a winning basketball team? Is Steven Silas the answer? I do think that you're going to have to be patient with a coach like Silas. Um, are we going to be able to uh, like find pieces in the draft or, or Kevin Porter Jr.? Uh, like we're just we're, we're giving guys chance a, a chance now. Jay Sean Tate, um, I, like uh, he's 
I don't know. He's the shy, the, the the lone bright spot on this team for me. But uh, Kelly Olynyk has proven that he like is a good NBA player. I don't know. Like maybe he just secured another contract for himself or something. Honestly, he might have just made the. I don't know what Oladipo is going to do on this Heat team. He hasn't been great. I think he's averaging like seven points a game in the two games that he's played. Um, and that guard rotation is really crowded already with Hero and, and Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, Goran Dragic, um, and uh, obviously Butler and and the other guys. But uh, so so they're already going to be pressing for minutes for Oladipo, right? And so Olinick at the four and sometimes sliding down to like a small ball five maybe gave them like the stretch of uh, the stretching of the floor. It's just different. Like they they obviously didn't value that as much as um like getting someone like victor oladipo who who's going to give you a little bit more defense and things but i don't know man like kelly olenic was a solid uh role player and i think we're seeing that because he's like literally the best player on the rockets right now which is not a hard it's not difficult to do to be fair but like you're seeing the level of uh of basketball player that he he was able to be and so i don't know um what were your DJ what were your Augustine. feelings? Sorry, what were your feelings on the Oladipo trade? Because uh, it essentially just felt like the Rockets gave him up for nothing. You know, was there yeah. more thought than that, or was it like, man, we just took an L on this one? Uh, no, there. I mean, the the Heat played it the correct way. Where like, if we don't trade him at all, we get nothing for him. So at least this right. way, we get a little bit of. Olenek? <laughs> like we, yeah, we get a little Olenek in the, I don't know, like a draft swap. Like, this was the most we were going to get, so we, like, we might as well, like, at least make there be a chance for some return on investment rather than literally for free. Yeah. And so, plus at least, like, I don't know, Oladipo, like, it was turning into a situation where, like, uh, no one, like, he didn't want to be there, and so... No like, one liked it him. Looked like it, yeah, it yeah. was an uncomfortable, like, kind of like Harden in the beginning, where, like, playing just uninspired basketball, shooting a terrible percentage, like, that's not a... Like, you can't even develop a basketball team with that mindset or that, uh, I don't know, that, that kind of an attitude. So it just ended up being, like, we have to, like, do something, and so... Yeah, man, that locker room is, is a mess is. right now. It is. Uh, it and is. has been all season. So I'm I'm with you. You got to kind of preach patience. And honestly, like, for y'all's sake, you better hope your draft pick this year lands. You know, like that's... Right. No, I, yeah, uh, 100%. That's what 100%. it is, so... I think it's, it's a lot of like a retrospect of like uh, maybe what if we had traded for Ben Simmons or Karis LeVert right. and kept him instead of... But like at the end of the day, um, I don't know, we just got to look forward and... Uh, continue to push through these uh, these difficult rebuilding years to see what the future holds. Oh know? man, Houston sports just uh, <laughs> really suffering right now. Yeah, um, well, we, uh, we don't yeah. have to get into all that, but uh, that'll be on our other pod coming up soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, shifting Go more over, <laughs> shifting more over to the uh, to the Thunder side of things. Um, so at the trade deadline, we did trade George Hill as predicted. We didn't get quite as much as I thought we would, um, but I was still glad that we we traded him for something. Um, we 
I was a little bit surprised that that was our only like trade deadline day trade. Um, I really thought we would get something like even a second round pick for Mike Muscala um, or look at like possibly entertaining Al Horford deals, yada, yada, like anything along those lines. So I was a little shocked um, to see that that was our only trade, a little disappointed. Um, but I mean, knowing the Thunder, they did what they could, um, and we're going to do what they made sense for them. Uh, shortly thereafter, it came out that, uh, the Thunder and Al Horford came to a mutual agreement for him to sit the rest of the year. Um, and I, I do want to mention like it is strange, but everything I've heard and like the Thunder podcast that I listen to, who's really plugged in with the Thunder, like has inside sources, says that it was very much a mutual thing. Like the Thunder were in conversations with Al Horford. Al Horford's still with the team and traveling with the team and supporting everybody. And so this is a move for like, basically we're going to trade you in the off season and you're going to have a big say as to where you're going to go. Um, or you'll basically get to choose from the options that we have. And so, uh, so I respect it from that standpoint, still a little strange. I don't know how I feel about like teams just outright not playing a player. That's kind of weird. Um, but I do appreciate that it was handled the right way. Um, but still kind of a strange situation. Uh, the thunder are definitely (laughs) Just like playing a G League team right now, especially with Shea being out. Dort's been out for a few games. Uh, Baisley's been out for a while. Um, I mean, we are just throwing anybody and everybody out there. Uh, I'm pretty sure the last game that y'all played, like Jalen Horde and yep. Justin Robinson had been signed like within, uh, like within yep. a week, maybe within a couple of days. And they played like twenty plus minutes. No, like no. they Gabe, were Gabe. they're just literally suiting them up. They're like, all right, five on five, we got eight. All right, throw them out there. Gabe, they signed that day. I yeah. I they knew. they signed their contract that day and played more than twenty two minutes that <laughs> night. Like that's insane. Now they did yeah, say they did come out after and say, Hey, this has been in the works for for like a week. The Thunder were just like just at a road road game, so they didn't want to waste the time and the contract. So uh, but that's just wild, man. But anyway, Thunder have lost uh six of their last seven. The last three have been really bad. We've lost but we lost to the Pistons by like uh thirty and then lost to was it the Blazers by like almost fifty? So we are in all-out tanking mode. Um, We are three games back from the four seed, which I think... uh, I say the four seed. The four, uh, the number four position in the draft. Um, And I think that ultimately that's the goal. I think the Thunder won a bottom four record to increase our odds the most. So that's kind of the Thunder update. Uh, Zach wasn't here tonight, but he did did shoot me a quick little... uh, update on his Mavs he said here's my input this week the Mavs can beat anyone right now and Brunson is sixth man of the year and then for his team he is officially tanking in our league so there's your well (laughs) in-depth um thinking on Mavs and Zach's team Uh, the one shocked at those takes (laughs) yeah it's crazy right (laughs) Zach I will say man like 
he is a roller coaster of emotions when it comes to his teams, man. Like, what did he tell us earlier this season? He was like, nope, Mavs are terrible. Like, they just need to lose the rest of their games. Let's get a good draft pick. Like, it's it's over. It's over. And then now it's yeah, we well, can beat he, anybody. Yeah. He, when they weren't shooting well from three, um, like, he just – he felt like if Luka didn't have a perfect game, like, there was no shot – but yeah. now I think that um, like players are settling into their roles, and honestly, their defense has looked a lot better as they have uh, found some more continuity. It started with all that COVID stuff, but um, now that that's out of the way, and uh, they've started to like find other ways to get um, like other players involved, and it's not mm-hmm. just Luca or or Porzingis um, having to to shoulder the entire load. Uh, they they do look like a pretty complete team that's going to be uh, quite a threat in the playoffs. Yeah, they look really good. And, I mean, we just got to remember, prior to the season starting, you know, this was a team projected at, at, at minimum one of the top four seeds in the West. You know, right. like, there were a lot of people that predicted them to be really good this year. Like, I think Luka was the odds-on favorite to win MVP this year. Um, before right. the season started so like this was a team with a lot of potential um, and it's interesting I was listening to uh, one of the local radio stations here in Dallas and they had Josh Richardson on uh, 105.3 the fan and he was talking about just like how much the all of the COVID stuff really affected the team uh, how, how just like from the jump they didn't have uh, or they were missing people how did he say it he was like, they were missing people from the beginning of the season until just recently. Um, and so, like, they haven't had any time for really, like, any cohesion or team chemistry. In fact, he was saying, like, they're still not done with COVID stuff because Willie Cauley-Stein apparently is is now kind of going through the um, COVID stuff and has been out for the last two, two and a half weeks. So not, like, a huge player or a crucial player in any, any means, but... Uh, it hasn't played a role all year, and I think we're just seeing a team that's finally like able to play together. You know, so yeah, hundred percent. It'll be interesting to see how they do the rest of the year. One hundred percent. Okay, that does it for kind of like our NBA updates. Let's shift more to like a fantasy um, perspective. Uh, Gabe, let's just real quick run through last week's matchup, um, and yeah. if, if you have a couple of things to say for the matchups you can but we don't have to spend a ton of time and then we'll do like our more of our matchup stuff for this past week and just so the uh, the audience knows i have a pretty in-depth uh breakdown of all these games because cam bailed on me five minutes before we were supposed to record last week so i totally meant to say something at the beginning (laughs) yeah dude totally my fault i'm so sorry everybody sorry gabe (laughs) i like i totally dropped the ball it was uh definitely on me uh all right so going back to matchup 13 uh which was march 22nd to march 28th is that correct yeah uh so running through these real quick so it was me versus big r i beat big r six to two um camden versus Bowie. camden ends up beating Bowie seven to one Garrett versus Zach. Garrett beats Zach's team seven to one. Nick versus Ryan. Uh, Nick beat Ryan six to two. 
Bobby versus Gabe. Bobby actually beat you five to three. And then um who is this? Uh Ramsey versus Daniel. Uh they ended up tying four to four. So it was interesting, Gabe, because the week before this, I think all of the matchups were super close. Like we didn't have any mm-hmm. matchup more than five three winning or something like that and we were talking about how competitive everybody was and then this week or this matchup it was a it it was a lot more like blowouts is what it felt like yeah Yeah. Uh, that that could be the case i think it might have just been like different teams match up like i think of uh maybe like bobby's team his team's never gonna out rebound anybody he has a lot of guards and he uh, values other stats over rebounds and so a team like, um, I don't know, like Zach's, who is heavily rebounding, is going to put up a better week against Bobby than they are against another, like, big man heavy team. Right. Um, so it could just be matchup related, but it could also be um, the, this was the first week after the trade deadline. So maybe they did, maybe the trade deadline had more of an effect on our league than we're giving it credit for. Was there any matchups? uh here gabe that really stood out to you like for me um this had to have been like the third or fourth week in a row that Bowie lost and he actually got beat pretty bad by camden seven to one uh yeah um let's see for that camden's team has been playing pretty well Mm -hmm. with the carl anthony towns lately and um i just think that Bowie really feels the absences of players um, like Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie came back this week and he uh, smoked Zach into retirement slash tank <laughs> mode. So, like, yeah. it, it, it could just be like one elite player that changes the entire dynamic of your fantasy team. But um, I will also say that Damian Lillard had been struggling with CJ McCollum's return. He had a slight drop in usage, but there was a pretty huge drop in field goal percentage where at the time that I wrote this, he was shooting 32% over the last week. And uh, another thing with Bowie's team, he has Wendell Carter, who was on the Bulls and was trying to dig out a role, but was continuously being um, like overshadowed or usurped in position by uh, a, a number of their players that go Thad Young there sometimes and go small. And now that he's in Orlando, he's definitely the best center there. Yeah. Um, and even though he had come off the bench as like the third string center yesterday or two days ago, the last time the Orlando played, they started him. He played great. So I, I imagine that they'll continue to start him. And if that's the case, then I do think that that makes a big difference in Bowie's fantasy production as well. And then uh, what about uh, Nick versus Ryan? This actually uh, did have like fantasy positioning implications because both of these teams are fighting for a playoff spot in uh, the same conference. Um, and I know you've mentioned Ryan's team being very scary, and Nick was kind of looking a little hairy there for a little bit, but winning 6-2 in his matchup um, had to feel good for Nick on that one. Yeah. Um, I think that this was a – this this week for Nick's team is going to be – or that week, I guess it was two weeks ago, is going to be pretty difficult to replicate considering that his two leading assist players were Ricky Rubio and Dennis Schroeder. And so Ricky Rubio is going to give up that job to D'Angelo Russell, who played yesterday. Yes, sir. And so there goes a lot of assists to him, or at least a lot of 
ball handling and <laughs> minutes. I don't know that the assists will be as high. Rubio's a, a great passer. And then also Dennis Schroeder had a had a great week um, this week. And so he had uh, a ton of assists and it was it was Schroeder's best fantasy performance in a long time. He averaged eight assists and three steals over that week. And so um, if LeBron and AD are out, maybe he can continue to put up numbers like that. But I know that in the last week, so this was two weeks ago that I'm talking about where he played this well. In this last week, he hasn't um, performed nearly as well. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that this was Nick's team just being red hot. And then Ryan's team, Vooch got traded to the Chicago Bulls. And so it's like, I mean, it's a different team. Obviously, it's the same player. But, like, Vooch was pretty much getting whatever he wanted in Orlando. And I think he had a good game tonight. I just saw a, a tweet and, and a box score on my phone. So I think he's settling in. But it's a lot like um, Wendell Carter. Not, not really, but, like, just any time that you switch teams. Like, I can't imagine that the system is exactly the same, mm-hmm. even though, like, your skill set remains the same. Like, it's going to be different, you know? Now you're playing, you're, you're catching passes from Zach Levine uh, instead of, like, uh, I don't know, Michael Carter-Williams. You know, it's different. That, uh, Zach Levine has more of a, like, scorer mentality than any of the guys that you you're playing with so maybe your positioning on the court looks a little bit different maybe your like screen and roll looks a little bit different maybe you're like it's it's just a different feel you're trying to get the the develop the chemistry because the bulls are i mean i think they're still trying to at least fight for a playing spot and make some noise in the playoffs that's what their moves seem like they're doing you know they're still trying to um like like do that even though their record maybe doesn't show it and so um I don't know. I, I think that this was just like a, an adjustment week for Vooch, and he'll, he'll figure it out. I think that um, it could be. I still think Ryan's team is really good. I actually um, think that um, Bowie's team this week showed just how scary it can be. So maybe um, I was a little bit quick to pull the trigger on Ryan being the best team in the league, but like he's still top four. Yeah. Well, to uh, going back to the Vooch thing, he had thirty-two, seventeen, and five assists yeah, I tonight. Saw, I saw the line. Yeah. So that's a uh, that looks that looks good going forward for Ryan. Um, anything else here for this week before we move on? Uh, let's see. We can look at this was my third loss in a row. So yeah. So that was kind of uh, not great. Ben Simmons was literally single-handedly punting my free throw percentage. He's he has not been great. Year post trade deadline um, he has not been and Jer- great. yeah he really hasn't and jeremy grant his hot start may have been a facade as well um let's see what else we've got what else we got talked about that one it like you talked about them all in like a sideways order so i'm trying to like sorry <laughs> my on, on my screen it comes up in that order so yeah no no worries no worries oh uh i will mention for Zach's team, it was uh he's lost he's he's won two categories in the last two weeks, which is just tough scenes. Hey, that against Garrett and Bowie. But I wrote this is what Zach's team looks like with twenty seven minutes of Luka Doncic and one hundred and twenty eight minutes of John Wall R. I. P. You much like uh, the Mavericks, poor roster construction on Zach's part, relying on Luka way too much. <laughs> You hate to see that. And then I put that Tim Hardaway and John Wall were two of five 
Zach's players to get double digit rebounds. He just had a really bad week. That yeah, week. that's rough. That is that's tough. Rough. Oh, I did want to bring up, dude, Norman Powell. He played four games for you mm-hmm. on two weeks ago. He played two for Toronto and two for Portland. So he dropped 22 points with three threes for Toronto on Wednesday. He got traded at the deadline on Thursday and then dropped 22 points with five threes for Portland on Friday. Bro, it's just business for this guy. What can I say? Man's beast. Man's he is beast. automatic. Yeah, it has dropped. As I mentioned before, it has dropped a little bit like in the past week or week and a half. Right. So I don't know. Hopefully that... uh that all sorts itself out hopefully, hopefully the blazers just buy into this whole like let's score 150 a game and like yeah it can be 50 to dame 40 to cj 35 to norman and everybody else can get there so that'd be I dope thought it was funny though that like the color scheme is pretty similar and like yeah. even in the yeah. first game where they, they played each other right and so he like went to line up on the wrong side like oh he's just that's like, right yeah, yeah he's yeah, just yeah. like in the corner like it doesn't matter who i'm catching so the pass funny, from bro. but i will be automatic from this right corner and that's just what he does he's just automatic from the right corner and it's so electric to watch because you know it's going in <laughs> my man storm and norman pick up over here <laughs> uh okay let's go I, ahead i think that's pretty much it yeah let's go ahead and i have go to uh last week's matchups and we can do more of like a a dive in on these um yeah. but after last week's matchups let's go ahead and just give like a standings update because uh, they have shifted a little bit here. Um, so going on like the Dallas plus Bowie side of the bracket, uh, we've got Bowie still with the number one seed. Um, Garrett is number two. He's five and a half games back. I've moved up to number three. I'm 11 and a half games back from Bowie. Camden's right behind me uh, with the number four seed. And then Zach's five and Big R is six. And then on the Houston side of the, of, uh, the conferences, We've got Gabe, you're holding down the one seed, uh, which is, let's see, is that one and a half games back from Bowie? Um, uh, question. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think that's technically one and a half because it's two ties away. Whatever. Uh, yeah. You're right behind Bowie, uh, but yeah. you have the one seed on your side. And then it's Bobby, who's three and a half games back from you. And then Nick has the three seed, seven games back from you. Ryan's behind him with the four seed, and then Ramsey with the five, and Daniel with the six. Um, so a little bit of movement there on the standings. The top has looked the same, but I will say, like, I feel like you and Bowie had a little bit bigger leads at least a couple weeks ago when I was really looking at it and we were talking oh, about sure. it, um, and that has definitely shrunk. So for sure, it's a uh, it's becoming a tighter and tighter race here as we're that, getting um, to the end. Yeah, that buy is going to be a pretty big difference maker, I believe, because uh, like Bowie has LeBron, who's going to intersect with that round one buy pretty heavily, and I have uh, Anthony Davis, who hopefully will come back a little bit before that, but still like giving him time to get off of his minutes limit and stuff. If I can have a healthy Anthony Davis going into not just like the fantasy playoffs and also like the NBA playoffs, then my team, I think takes even a bigger step forward, but it also sucks for people like Cam who has a Gordon Hayward, whose injury is going to intersect with this round one, at least maybe Mm -hmm. even more. Well, and and it's also like James Harden who just got 
an injury yeah, too like his is projected for 10 days and scary yeah so. exactly exactly which i would imagine that's going to extend a little bit farther than the 10-day timeline they gave right so, and i think the scary part about that is like i think that they'll be careful like back exactly and stuff james harden has been one of the most durable players in the nba for a long time but like no one's hamstrings are invincible you know and so i think they'll yep. be really careful which could like that's a top three fantasy player who maybe sits a game that he wasn't expected to sit in the fantasy playoffs yeah it'll be really interesting uh how many more matchups do we have so it's this and then two more after that so with this it's week included it's it's uh it's coming three matchups left so mm-hmm. crazy 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 uh we're getting down to it but Let's talk about last week's matchups. We'll start with uh, me versus Camden. Uh, I ended up taking this one five to three. It was a nail biter to the very end. The five categories that I won were field goal percentage, three pointers made, assist, steals, and points. The three categories that Camden won were free throw percentage, rebounds, and blocks. Uh, what were your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, so for your team, uh, you had an incredible assist week. Uh, first overall on the week in the league. And this was just another absurd Russell Westbrook week. He had one-fourth of your total assists with 52, which was more than double your next closest. But it didn't matter because Russell Westbrook manufactured assists in a way that only Russell Westbrook can. Um, You also had the most points in the league this week. Uh, Jason Tatum, Russ, and Devin Booker held down the scoring for your team, and they combined for 304 points on the week. Um, I mentioned the Gordon Hayward injury. This is almost definitely going to intersect with our first week of the fantasy playoffs at least, but um, this had to be an encouraging week for you. This was one of your strongest showings in recent memory, and um, yeah, how'd you feel about your own team's performance? I, I felt good. I was kicking myself because early in the week, my pickups were really good. And they were contributing, like, lots of minutes, lots of counting stats. And then I was kicking myself because literally, like, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I picked up uh, Mo Bamba, I think Hamadou Diallo was one of my pickups, and uh, Mm -hmm. Michael Carter-Williams. And Michael Carter-Williams gets sick one day and misses, like, the rest of the week. Uh, Uh, Mo Bamba (laughs) gets the same sickness that Michael Carter-Williams has and misses a game. (laughs) And then they they somehow or like for some reason held out Hami like on a back to back, which I just wasn't expecting yeah, at all. Been, yeah, they've been resting him on uh, maybe at least one back to back. So it maybe was that was the one that I. It was just so funny because it was like, man, we had so many close categories, me and Camden, and three of my pickups went completely wasted. You know, so it's like, uh, what could I have done with those pickups? Could I have turned that into like a six to two win? Or a seven right. to one win, but I was honestly I was happy with five to three. I expected to wake up the next morning and it'd be like four four three five. So I feel you, and I think it's important to not just compare to the the opponent that you're playing against sometimes, but to look across the league mm-hmm. and for you to have the most assists and the most points, two categories which are not like heavily available on the waiver wire. I think that has to be encouraging, and it wasn't like you were just um, like like benefiting because you had a backup point guard and he stepped into a starting role you know like these are your players who you drafted early or you traded for who are playing well in those categories so yeah it is funny yeah, it was pretty... i think you mentioned last time like you were like uh confirmed cam hates big guys um up until <laughs> up until like one of the days of the week 
uh, I the only uh, power forward or center that I had on my roster was Jason Tatum, who's not even really like a power mm-hmm. forward. Uh, and so like the big the big man stats I was getting is like all from my guards or wings, and so and that very much just, just like, like excellent rebounding. Yeah, yards. yeah, yeah, exactly. That very much like uh, lines up with just like my mentality of basketball. Like I hate bigs, bro. <laughs> I can't stand bigs. Like give me all the guards and wings. We'll just play with five, bro. So that is so funny. That is so funny. All right, for Camden's team, I think this is Camden's first loss with Carl Anthony Towns active for the whole week. So um, that is interesting, at least. Um, I think he just ran into a red-hot Cam team. But uh, James Wiseman and Keldon Johnson, I think they're going to represent some difficult decisions in the coming weeks because they both have pretty big fantasy potential. But is the fantasy production enough? You know, this is in the next three weeks, he's going to need to make a push to win as many categories as he can. And so he can't afford to say, okay, maybe this guy can be good. Like I need him to definitely be good in these categories, you know? And so maybe give up some of the ceiling for something a little bit more assured that uh, is on the wire. But yeah, I, I just cannot imagine like in James Wiseman's situation, like going from high school to like playing three games at Memphis, going like doing a COVID season, no no like NCAA tournament or anything, and then just like having to match up with the best centers in the NBA. Like yeah. like it, like you you went from a kid who like just got out out of algebra two to like <laughs> you're now now you're lined up against Clint Capella. Like there's just no way that they like the the learning curve has to be so big, right? Like for him that I, I think that he has some potential, but just like, how can you honestly expect him to to know exactly how to play the game well at an NBA level right yeah. now, you know? And so, I, think, uh, I think Steph was quoted uh, as saying, like, when he was James Wiseman's <laughs> age, he was looking for the next frat party or something like that, you know? Yeah. So. No, I, uh, I, and, and I do think it's affecting his confidence a little bit. Like, I see him Oh, absolutely. There, like, He's he just like he looks scared, and I would be scared too. So I think that he needs a little bit of uh, maybe like I I don't know. I was talking to Garrett, and I was like, do they just like send him to the G League or something? Because this was kind of like how Popovsky was at first, like a lot of potential, but just like shooting all of the wrong shots. And then he went to the G League, and now he's actually an NBA contributor. So. So this is not fantasy relevance, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but Camden definitely like has the all drama team. Because he's got, <laughs> you know, like Carl Anthony Towns, like all his stuff going on with him this year uh, and his family. And then you've got like Pascal Siakam who fought with his coach. You've got uh, Jamal Murray who is uh, Instagram famous after uh, the last few months. You've got uh, Kelly Oubre who uh, was quoted as saying he refuses to come off the bench going forward. Um, you've got Montrez Harrell who just got kicked out of a game tonight. And then you have James Wiseman who is like, He's being very, like you mentioned, very critiqued by a lot of Warriors fans, which just seems very unfair. But at the same time, I understand because they really need him to produce right. if they're going to be good this year. Um, but right. Camden's got the all-drama team, so way to go, Cam. Dude, 100%. First team all-drama. That's what we'll call you. <laughs> uh, going on to our next matchup here, we had Bowie versus Zach. Um, and as mentioned before, um, this is two people that really despise each other and would love to beat each other all the time. Uh, so this is a real good rivalry game. 
Um, but this was an absolute massacre. Uh, Bowie beats Zach uh, six to one, and they tied one category. The six categories that Bowie won were field goal percentage, free throw percentage, rebounds, assists, blocks, and points. The one category that Zach won was three pointers made, uh, and then they tied in steals. So, what were your uh, what were your thoughts here, Gabe? Yeah, this was a strong week for Bowie in the rebounding and blocks category. He was first overall on the week in both of those across the league. Uh, Rashawn Holmes and Dwight Howard led the way for Bowie's team, combining for 83 boards uh, this week. I, Dwight Howard is going to lose some value now that um, Joel Embiid right. has come back. And, I mean, he was pretty dominant in the one quarter of basketball that I watched before we recorded. Um, but for blocks, Kyle Anderson and Wendell Carter led the way. Uh, combining for 15 blocks this week. Um, those are less uh, situational. So I do think that the uh, the blocks could stick, and it's not like Dwight Howard was um, like the only reason that Bowie's team won rebounds this week. So I do think that he'll stay competitive and, and far above average in the rebounding category. And I also wanted to note that if Drew Holiday continues playing at the level that he's play- playing at, not to mention that he just signed a, a four-year max extension and did the whole big like, money. This is my home for the next four years. I'm a buck for life. <laughs> so this this kind of solidifies the uh, the Giannis and Drew Holiday um, like pairing that we're gonna see, and, and it and it makes Milwaukee's future um, look a little bit more uh, like set in stone and, and bright, honestly. So uh, this guy's been playing at a, at a really high level. Um, and if he continues that, it's not far-fetched that Bowie will have four top 20 guys uh, come fantasy playoffs and carry his regular season performance right into a championship run. So he's been the best team all year record-wise, and I don't think that it's out of the uh, realm of possibility that he just continues that into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, hear what you say about Zach's team. Um, I would love for you to just go in and demolish him. Uh, but, yeah, Bowie's team looks really good, especially going into our last three weeks here. And when he gets LeBron yeah. back, it's going to be super scary. Yeah, 100%. I uh, I don't – like, I, it might be anticlimactic for, for Zach's team because he already said that he was tanking, so I didn't, like, lay out a bunch of details. But uh, I just put that he had, a, he had a fine week. Bowie's team is just really good. He does have a ton of players that have just either missed a significant amount of time or are trending down. Um, but I do think that he, he picked up Clay Thompson, which I think that, uh, makes her an interesting keeper. Cause I think that now since Clay Thompson wasn't drafted, cause he got injured before the season happened. And I think that he can actually keep Luca and Clay, which is a pretty scary duo going into next year. But yeah, Zach's team is just like, you look at it and you're like, if, if there were, if there were two games this week, I wouldn't be sure that his players would suit up for both of them. Like they could be on a, on a Monday and a Friday. Like this is not even just sitting out back to backs, but like Chris stops, there's always at least something ailing him to some extent, you know? And then John wall, he, his knee is just, it's toast apparently because we have Kevin Porter jr. And uh, I don't know, Kelly Olenek playing big minutes and passing the ball and handling more than, uh, more than John wall has Christian Wood in that mix as well. Uh, Kevin Love, he picked up off of uh, waivers, but Kevin Love, I'm I'm glad to see him out and hooping because there was a while there where I was like, oh shoot, is this the end for Kevin Love? 
Ed still could be this season, but at least he's back and putting up some double double numbers. So but. I really uh that's where I thought you were going with uh with Zach's analysis. I thought you were gonna kind of talk about how he takes all these old broken running backs in fantasy football and then he takes oh, all these old broken basketball players and he like, has to know. Like, he's gotta he figure can't. it out, man. Like, like there's no way that it's like a coincidence, right? Like <laughs> Todd Gurley in our in our dynasty league. Someone go make an offer to Zach. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> a lot of a lot of correlation between uh, his two fantasy teams and uh, and the results too. So Ooh, tough scenes. Tough scenes. Going on to our next matchup here, we've got uh, oh boy, we had Garrett versus um, Big R, and we had a uh, what's this called a shutout. We had this. This has to be only like our second or third shutout of the year, right? Yeah, been very many. Um, but Garrett destroys Big R eight zero. Uh, honestly, there wasn't a ton that was close here. Uh, just a shellacking from the very beginning, and uh, no matchup acquisitions, Gabe. I know. Well, I talked to Garrett, and he was like, "Bro, it's it's Big R's team." <laughs> Bradley Beal isn't really even playing this week. Like half of his team isn't Kevin Durant's out. Like Brutal. what do I make acquisitions for? <laughs> but uh anyways, the clean 8-0 from uh from Garrett. Obviously it was a good week, but there was very little opposition, like I said. Um I do think it'll be interesting to see how Anthony Edwards' numbers, in particular his usage percentage, are affected by the return of D'Angelo Russell. Also, we've still yet to see all of D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns all healthy and playing together. And those four, they seem like a core that that could be good, at least better than what they have been this season, which is arguably the worst team in the NBA. So yeah, man, it seems like a it seems like a decent core. It also seems like a core that could set the record for most missed shots <laughs> in a game. But like they're they're all like. Yeah, talented. It's just so unfortunate because the Timberwolves have been hit so hard. Like it's literally like the day D'Angelo Russell gets back is the day that Malik Beasley goes out for injury for the next like however many weeks. You know, like yeah. And that happened with Cat and D'Lo. It's just it's been brutal for the Timberwolves all year, man. They can't they can't catch a break. It has, but um, I do think that that'll be interesting at least for. Uh, next season and, and kind of their future so uh, we'll have to keep an eye on it because like that like i said those four are pretty good basketball players and they've all shown at least flashes of uh like nba uh stardom i don't i don't know if stardom is the right word but nba like starting caliberness. <laughs> i just made that up I don't yeah know. this uh um, this matchup was like a huge 8-0 for garrett it did yeah, give him a little definitely. bit of separation uh, between, like, me and Camden and Garrett. Um, and I know it's, like, top six record, so it gave him, like, a little bit of separation over Nick. Him and Bobby are tied. I, right. I feel like – do you feel like this matchup guaranteed him a playoff position? Um, I don't. I'd have to, to look at the, the math. I don't think so, just looking at the – at the roster but like i said it could have yeah um, but we'll have to we'll have to see next week i can bring in the math because we'll be two weeks away yeah and see if anyone's got some clinched playoff spots or maybe espn will do it for me and i think in the football when they like put a little asterisk by your name if you've clinched a spot 
So maybe they'll uh, do that in basketball too. Who knows? Wouldn't count on it. Moving on to our next. <laughs> me, 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 me. Moving on to our next matchup here, we had uh, you versus Ryan, um, and you ended up taking this matchup six to two. Um, the six categories you won were field goal percentage, three pointers made, rebounds, steals, blocks, and points. The two categories that Ryan won were free throw percentage and assists. Um, and Gabe, looking at this, like the matchup acquisitions, you you utilized per usual um, all seven matchup acquisitions, um, and kind of a trend for Ryan not utilizing any of his matchup acquisitions. So. Uh, was that really like the big difference maker here? What were your thoughts on your own team here? Uh, yeah, I would say that, um, let me circle back real quick to Garrett's team, uh, just for a second. Larry Markinen, Lowry <laughs> Markinen, as his starting spot has been usurped by Thad Young. And so I don't know, um, if Lowry Markinen coming off of the bench, um, in that role can be a useful enough fantasy asset for a playoff winning team like Garrett's. So I do think he's a name to monitor. I'm trying to bring up some of the, like the um, like back of the bench names that we may see. Because you see a player like Lowry Markinen or, or Keldon Johnson or even James Wiseman, they have some name value. And so sometimes you'll see some bigger names on the waiver wire. And I think that they'll make some decisions uh, for other managers, at least a little bit more uh, complex. And then for, for Big R's team, Katie is coming back, which is worth noting for the NBA, but I don't know about uh, Big R's fantasy team. Yeah, we don't have to spend too much time on yeah, that. Yeah, but uh, the big difference maker, do I think that it was my acquisitions? Yeah, I think that makes a pretty significant difference. I also think that James Harden coming back too early from his hamstring tightness and now having to be reevaluated in seven to ten days, like, like not getting a full James Harden makes Ryan's team um, a lot more beatable. And so, um, I don't know. Uh, my, my big question with the with James Harden and the Nets are, like, how many games? We, we talked about with the Thunder and with the Mavericks and, uh, like, some of the other situations. Um, maybe it wasn't the Thunder. It was a different team. But especially with the Mavericks, how important, like, having the chemistry of a starting roster is. And I know that... Um, it looks a little bit different because Kyrie, uh, Kevin Durant, and James Harden are all like, uh, like all-star caliber, maybe best we've ever seen in their respective skill sets um, players. But like, we're gonna get maybe 10, 12 games of the Nets' big three if the yeah. timelines sync up right now uh, before even the NBA playoffs. So I'm not even worried about the fantasy playoffs. But like, right. what is that? And I know the Nets are winning, but like. What does that look like when you're trying to now integrate um, all three of them together in a very high stakes game? Because obviously, like James Harden is trying to win his first ring, and like uh, Kevin Durant is trying to prove he's trying he to win his Warriors first ring. Team. Yeah, like and Kyrie is like trying to win with this team. Like they're all like trying to win, and so I I feel like maybe emotions could take over and if you don't have that chemistry baseline it could get kind of weird for the nets if they get down by 10 and i don't know like we saw uh, like uh, i think it's different but like gonzaga got punched in the mouth yesterday and they just like i think the baylor was the more talented team so i think this is a bad analogy but like sometimes like really good teams just they get punched in the mouth and they 
don't have as uh, as heavy of a chin as you would have expected, and uh, they 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 take a punch and, and can't really fight back. But anyways, this might be getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> No, you're good. I think uh, a good analogy is kind of the Clippers <laughs> of last year. You know, like we yeah, had a, true. like nobody expected the Nuggets to beat them, but as soon as they got beat down, like it was. I think there was a lot of other issues going on as well. But, but uh, you're right. You know, we're gonna get, them. we're gonna get down to the last five to ten games before James Harden's maybe really healthy. Like, are right. they gonna use that time to like play together? Are they gonna use that time to like rest everybody up and make sure everybody's healthy? Uh, it's going to be really interesting, and injuries are going to play a huge uh, role in just the storylines of the NBA playoffs this year uh, on 100%. both sides of the conferences, and it's going to be really, yeah. really interesting. So, 100%. 100%. So, anyways, for fantasy, uh, my team stole the ball really well. First overall on the week, Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard, Justin Holliday. Um, they were probably they were they were the leaders. They were the anchors for my team. There, twenty three steals on the week for those guys. Um, again, Ben Simmons, uh, just like I said last week, he's been poor without Embiid. He's the hundred and eighty third ranked player over the last two weeks, and he's shooting wow. just forty percent from the field and averaging just ten points per game. Like he he's bad. He's hurting your field free throw percentage. He's hurting your field goal percentage. And he's still rebounding well, but his assists are down. Like he's just he's not as good without Embiid and uh now that Embiid's back hopefully he uh can pump up his numbers a little bit because I mean this is a guy that I traded a third and DeJounte Murray and uh, a number of other player or like one other player for um and like he's never been worse than a top 50 fantasy player in his career we have mm. like two or three seasons um of of, of, of Simmons being like the like we know who he is fantasy wise and he he could be even better if he could just make a free throw but now we're seeing a lot of this uh like like we're seeing career low numbers in some of these areas and so hopefully he can figure it out sixers are still winning games so um while it is um worrisome i'm encouraged that Embiid is coming back uh ryan's team shot really poorly he's got uh some notorious chuckers like paris levert and Devonte graham um darren, darren fox also had a pretty poor shooting week uh those three combined to go 69 for 182 or 39 percent um but yeah it was uh like ryan's team is still fine but with no acquisitions and then james harden coming back early and um like like you can overcome injuries if you like are diligent about your waiver wire pickups and you're like making sure you're actively sweet, like moving people in and out of your IR. So you're still getting like a decent amount of minutes, but if you're not doing that, it's pretty hard to overcome um, significant injuries. So going, yeah. going back over to your side, just really quick. Uh, yeah. You have to be super pleased with the play of Robert Williams, the Aggie Robert himself. Williams. I mean, this guy could seriously be an X factor for you as I... we get close to the playoffs. He, he might be dude he oh, my, my fifth best player my sixth i best player. i agree like, man is he better than ben simmons i like fantasy wise he has been is he better than jeremy grant he has been is he better than like olenic and Pertle? like he's better than these guys like yeah. his fantasy value is really high and the game that i was watching just now um like you still see some holes pretty significantly in his game. Joel Embiid was manhandling him, and he had three fouls yeah. in the first quarter. Like he just like there's still some holes. His athleticism, his potential is through the roof. 
and uh, I'm I'm glad that they're sticking with him. I thought it was weird that they traded Daniel Tice, but um, it does help Robert Williams's fantasy value. That was that was probably the weirdest move of the trade deadline. I know that weird, it was bro. like it was a tax deal yeah. for next year, but like, hello, the Celtics team is trying to win, and Daniel Tice like was the best center that you had. So you kept Tristan Thompson and Robert Williams, who are like. Robert Williams has some raw talent, but like, it didn't seem like a very win now move. So I was just rather yeah. confused. And now they have Mo 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 Wagner Wagner. I don't I don't really yeah know Mo Wagner, that. yeah, which is definitely gonna be the backup for sure. Right, but, but he was playing minutes today because uh, mm-hmm. Tristan Thompson's out and and Robert Williams is in foul trouble. So like, you uh, I don't know, an interesting situation for the Celtics, but yeah, definitely definitely pleased with Robert Williams. Block numbers are insane. Yeah, he's, Great field he's goal crazy, man. guy, great rebounder, and uh, an Aggie, which makes him even more. Uh, like attached to my roster in my heart i've never seen someone block more three-point attempts <laughs> than that guy like he's just his athleticism is unreal yeah, um, absolutely moving on to our next matchup here we've got uh nick versus daniel and a little bit of a surprise but i guess daniel's kind of consistently been surprising us but daniel beats nick five to three um, the five yeah. categories that he won were field goal percentage, rebounds, assists, blocks, and points. The three categories that Nick won were free throw percentage, three pointers made, and steals. Um, what what is what was your thoughts here? I mean, Daniel's kind of playing spoiler as we're getting yeah, that's exactly close to the what end. I was gonna say, was, was he's playing spoiler extremely well? Yeah. And I, I I would venture to say that if he had been this active or just had this team from the beginning of the season because we remember we were giving him a hard time for rostering Lou Williams and Luke Kennard and all these guys. If he had just like realized that those guys weren't valuable fantasy assets and like switched his strategy or just been active streamed that spot, he would be in the playoff race for sure. I like, I think that he is like a middle of the pack, maybe like a sixth best team in the league all the way down to like a, nine like maybe in the five to nine spot of the league just looking at raw roster but because he dug himself such a big hole he's going to finish as the bottom like one of the bottom two guys like there's there's almost no doubt and so um right yeah i i guess that is interesting a field goal percentage uh Giannis, jimmy butler Jonas valanchunas demar Derozan, all these guys shot over 51 percent from the field this week which is just pretty incredible Giannis, like I think he shot like 65% on the week or something ridiculous. Um, and then Evan Fournier, he was basura in his first two Celtics games. So I dropped him. And then Daniel <laughs> picked him up and he decided that he uh, remembered how to play basketball. I still, like, I don't think that Evan Fournier, with, I talked about cluttered guard rotations in for Victor Oladipo in in miami i think that this is a similar situation for fournier where he'll have some good games the same way oladipo will have some good games but just the consistency and the the poor shooting number or poor shooting efficiency that can sometimes plague his game along with like a lack of of defensive numbers um just makes him a difficult player to roster in all situations but for daniel he's great he's i mean he's played great and he scored well and uh, like he looks like he is finding his groove even alongside the starters there in Boston. So good for him. Yeah, 
I'm honestly excited that Daniel ended up with Evan Fournier because he's like a player that won't won't make it to a playoff roster if that makes sense. Right. No, I agree. You he know, could be. He could be an extra. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely could. He's a three point uh, three point shooting machine. Yeah. At time. Yeah. He so can get red hot really quick. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Daniel, please do not drop him. <laughs> um what well, what were your thoughts on Nick's team cuz this is I mean we're getting down to it man like Nick's got to pull out some yeah. wins here Oh he does and uh I don't know man uh Nick's team doesn't rebound well at all but it's just like if you can't um like Jalen Jalen Brown had the second most rebounds on Nick's team this week like that just um like that's that's really difficult if you're I mean if you're punting rebounds sure but then you have to win the other categories and uh, he just he just didn't he had a down week from some of his stars let me uh pull up his his roster here oh barnacle boys barnacle boys why is it not coming out hello okay uh so fred van vliet uh is out i think he still played some of the games this week but um i don't know that when you when you have your stars that are not playing donovan mitchell had a couple of bad games even though he had been playing really well zach levine struggled out of the all-star break you know shea's not playing anymore i i I don't know that um what do you think is going to happen with shea come fantasy playoffs you think that he'll come back okay so this is so there's like no reports that have been confirmed but a lot of people think that he's going to come back at the end of the season to play um, just to like see where his foot's at and everything. Now I would imagine the thunder would have him on a super restricted minutes uh, or super minutes restriction, whatever it's called. Like I would not guess he would play more than 20 minutes the rest of the season. I that would just, but I don't have any Uh, inside info. That's just like my guess. So no, I, uh, I mean, but that was a that was a massive blow to to his team, you know. Like I I oh, no, I was saying absolutely. that from the beginning. Uh, like this is a guy who's second round talent, truly. Like from our draft, no, so. Hundred percent, hundred percent, big blow. And uh, this is a time when Nick needs to start uh, putting together some wins. So hopefully he's got his matchup acquisition game on on lock and right. can continue to just squeak out the close categories and uh, lay into some of his, like, like Chumo Kiki has been, has been a nice uh, waiver pickup and, and lean into, but he really needs big uh, performances from Don Mitchell, Zach Levine and Jalen Brown, as long as, as well as Fred Van Vliet when he comes back. He did also have uh, Malik Beasley, which uh, as we talked about before, oh, sustained an injury. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's okay. You know, just kind of some tough luck there, but I'm I'm still a believer in Nick. Um, I think he'll find a way, uh, okay. to get it done. So we'll have to see. I said he had Malik Beasley. He has since dropped him just for that week. He had him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I don't think that he's his timeline's like four to six weeks or something, right? Yeah, it's long. Let's go on to our last matchup here. We have uh, Bobby versus uh, Ramsey. Bobby took this matchup 6-2, a much-needed win for Bobby. Uh, The six categories that he won were field goal percentage, free throw percentage, assists, steals, blocks, and points. Two categories that Ramsey won were three-pointers made and rebounds. Um, Now, Ramsey did add all of his matchup acquisitions. I 
I guess, yeah, he is still in the playoff race. Um, and so, man, everybody is so close. There's only pretty much three people out of the playoff race, and it's Zach, Big R, and Daniel. Um, but Ramsey, even being the fifth seed on the Houston side of the bracket, is a half game back from Ryan. And uh, two games, what is that? One and a half games back from me. So it's just, it's so crazy how close everything is. But what were your thoughts on this matchup? If if Ramsey makes the playoffs with LaMelo Ball hurt, Christian Wood playing like buns, and the rest of his team just being waiver wire pickups, like, he needs an award. Like, there's just, there's no way that he could pull that off, could he? But, I mean, he's made every every matchup close so far so i mean you did maybe, ask maybe you did ask the question last time like do we think <laughs> ramsey could just put together a waiver wire team and make the playoffs and i think we're gonna well, find out the answer to that question <laughs> to be fair i think that his he might have won some efficiency categories um this week if he didn't play christian wood and just actually made like players off of the waiver wire because christian wood <laughs> shot like christian wood I, I wrote down he's shooting 40% from the field and 60% from the free throw line over his last six games. And this is a volume, like, field goal attempts and free throws guy. So, like, they're going if, – if he's shooting poorly, Dude. it's going to reflect pretty heavily in your efficiency category. He shot 38.5% from the field yeah. this week and 57.7% from free, free throw line. Yeah. And yeah. and you're right, like a volume shooter, 39 attempts from the field and 26 free throws. Like that's right. brutal. So it's it's uh, like he maybe the 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 efficiency categories could look even more different. And so, like I said, I mean, he's gonna need uh, obviously Christian Wood if he's gonna make the playoffs. He's gonna need like an insane amount of Christian Wood uh, production, but. For Bobby's team, he had a pretty solid week. I think that both bridges are trending up. Mikhail Bridges is uh, like finally getting those defensive numbers that had so escaped him this year uh, up to this point. So I think that that's good. Uh, the whole Suns team is is honestly just trending up. There was a little scare with DeAndre Aiden's production, but he's trending up. He's found some pretty easy opponents to boost his confidence against. And Chris Paul, Devin Booker, they're playing incredibly. Like that whole Suns team is just they're really good they like that's it's the, the chris paul they're effect really man they're so yeah. good <laughs> and then uh miles bridges uh he's also um trending up but this is not so much like a statistical correction as it is just like a he's getting a lot more minutes at small forward now that gordon hayward is injured so the other the second bridge um the uh what is it called the trust formation the second bridge and the trust formation is uh, also trending up <laughs> i don't but, know what uh, you're talking about <laughs> it's like uh when you when you made bridges out of toothpicks you had to make them in triangles or trusses because it like helped you like stabilize the structure did y'all never make like toothpicks and toothpick uh bridges in, in elementary or high school or junior high no gabe you're way smarter than me Wait, i play <laughs> i played with crayons so <laughs> Okay, anyways, but uh, yeah, Ramsey's team, tough week for free throws and points, but we already talked about that, and uh, I don't know, as a Rockets fan, I do wonder, I, I know that Christian Wood is a good player, but like, can he really be a winning number one option, and then what does the rest of our team around him look like, you know, we can't just have 
Christian Wood and, and nobody. So we're going to have to figure out um, if, if Ramsey is going to keep Christian Wood this year as we expect him to. Um, we're going to have to make a much better uh, roster around him so that he can maintain the value uh, even next fantasy season. It is worth mentioning uh, Bobby did win steals by one and blocks by one. So this oh was uh, very close to being a 4-4 tie. Um, and so and so I guess that one matchup acquisition that Bobby had really made the difference <laughs> for him there. <laughs> so Maybe. Any, maybe, uh, maybe. Anything else there, Gabe? No. Um, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Ramsey has Thomas Sadoransky because he's one of those uh, like point guards off the waivers that could help you with assists and assists are such a like turning point category yeah uh, especially in the playoffs that I'm glad that um, he's got some of these waiver wire heroes like Sadoransky and Moses Brown because he can maybe keep them he out has of the, all the, the waiver wire heroes <laughs> maybe keep them out of the playoffs for me all of or them. for us yeah <laughs> Okay, so that'll be it for our matchups. Uh, as mentioned before, we're three weeks away from playoffs, man. Uh, we're Let's coming go. coming to a close here, and we've got some really tight races. Um, so it's going to be fun. The NBA is going to be fun. Fantasy is going to be fun. Uh, it all comes down to this, and it uh, should be exciting. I'm excited for some, uh, some playoff preview podcasts so we can make some predictions that are – in a week's time, instantly, oh, man. Uh, correct or incorrect. Because I feel like uh, during football, at least, the playoff episodes, I could ignore all the bad teams finally and just talk about the good <laughs> ones and break them down position by position. I don't know. It was fun. Yeah, we don't have to talk about <laughs> Zach's terrible team anymore. <laughs> so hopefully uh, hopefully next week Zach's back with us. Uh, we'll be a little bit, be a bit, little bit closer uh, to normality for the last few weeks, and then we'll We'll probably do some something, something, some guests for the playoffs. That'll be fun. I'm down. But I'm down. We can do like a like after the game, like a post game interview. After, uh, <laughs> after you win your, That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Well, hey, you guys have an awesome week. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. All right, take care, everybody.